Hey there out there, lovely listeners. Welcome back to another episode of The Bind. I'm your host, Andrea Ericks. If you have been enjoying the content, please be sure to visit thebindpodcast.com and join the email subscription and be sure to drop questions or um, leave comments in general. I love your feedback and feedback is where I grow and others can grow as well. Let's jump right on in and keep tracking on this idea of systemic understanding and who we are within the system. One of the things that I wrote down this past week when working with my clients was how do we learn to hold space for other people in our story? And I have other other questions to follow up with that, but I'll get to those in uh, in just a bit. Uh, what What I mean here is that Many people who sit in the therapy room with me are going through a pretty intense part of their story. That's why they are getting assistance in navigating uh, an addition to their own thought process on how to navigate this really tricky circumstance that they never assumed was going to be part of their story in the first place. A lot of times when individuals walk through journeys in their life, uh, it is not uncommon that other members within the tribe want to try to give their input or advice to the one who's going on the journey. And I think that for the most part, people have very good intentions when it comes to this, but uh, there is a break that naturally happens. I don't know how it couldn't happen because you are the one, if you're the one who's processing the circumstances, then how could the audience possibly have the same interpretation of a circumstance as you are. And so what what that boils down to is that many times our audience does not have the same interpretation, nor do they have uh, enough information to give you uh, a fullness of helpful advice. I think that sometimes uh, our audience members have a decent amount of information in which they can give some advice or um give it an accurate judgment of what they are seeing happening in the system. But that's not necessarily the case in every circumstance. And so I want to encourage us to go into the idea of being a character versus an audience member is by its very nature, a very different experience. And when when a person is going on an individual walk, I think that one of the ultimate parts of the journey that's important to siphon out is to what degree am I learning that I can trust myself? I think because it's pretty normal for people to self-doubt, we want to be able to turn to our trusted friends, loved ones, family members to uh, seek out their own wisdom, guidance, uh, interpretation of what's going on. But a lot of times people often find that they are irked or get a negative experience in their body. And, And this is kind of tough for people to process. What I want to encourage you all on is that You do not have to write somebody off entirely just because what they had to say to you sat negatively in your body. And you do not have to take what they have to say to you uh, and hold it at 100% clout. Nobody is going to know what is best for you in your journey beyond yourself. Assuming that you recognize about yourself, oh, I have pretty good senses of how to navigate my judgment. I will not sit here and say every single person has very, very good judgment. I do not think that that is true, but if you're listening to this podcast, there is a good chance that you are working really hard to garner 
uh, good judgment to cultivate good judgment within your life. And so part of that is learning how to begin trusting yourself. And one thing that can be a very good uh, help in navigating that journey is uh, is learning to lean into your body and and learn how to notice the cues that your body is giving you and whether those cues are accurate and in truth or if they need some sorting out to happen. So every time that our body gives us a cue, that's not necessarily indicative that it is correct. Every now and again, the body makes a miscue. And a lot of times miscues happen because the body felt a similar kind of way in a past circumstance It encountered something similar. And so it's assuming, hey, we have to prepare for something. We have to protect ourselves in some sort of way. And that may not actually be the case in certain circumstances. So your body might be miscuing. And when we reach out to other people, other members of the tribe, and we share with them, what's happening in our life, our story, and they give us feedback. The feedback isn't necessarily 100% the way that you should lean, but you can begin to get a a more clear picture based on the feedback that you're getting and how your body receives it. And, you know, sometimes... The, the person who's giving you feedback, they may have uh, some very merited advice and you still choose to go in another direction. And you may say to yourself, oh, I really wish I would have listened to that person after all. Uh, you made an autonomous choice. And if you're making an autonomous choice and you're on the other side of it and there's consequences that you're navigating through, just believe that you also have some sense of inner wisdom that's going to help you navigate even that wrong choice. Yeah, the more and more I think about it, the more and more loaded I understand these circumstances can get. But uh, again, I am a person who tends to lean into the trust of others. And so I am believing that the majority of people out there really do know how to navigate what choices are best for self. And uh, and so we're going to trust that. We're just going to lean into that autonomous trust that everybody is worthy of. When you get an experience in your body, that uh, feels negative, almost like your body wants to escape that experience. You have to begin getting a bit more curious. Is this a negative experience because something bad really is happening? Are there red flags popping up that um, maybe I'm choosing not to notice because I'm wanting something else more than um, than to listen to the truth that my body is uh, projecting to me? Or is it that my body is actually in a very safe situation, but it's miscuing because it was in a somewhat similar situation in the past that did not go well and my body is feeling nervous to walk into this next stage and assume that I can trust the situation. So a lot of things could be happening for you. So when it comes to our audience members that start getting invited in, I want for you to remember that those people can't fully know the depth of what you're going through. They can't fully have the same context as what you have in your day-to-day experiences of the journey you're walking on. It's not possible. And when we boil it down to an individual level, I venture to say pretty much every single one of us as human beings knows that when it comes to someone else giving us advice, we most likely do not desire to take on the advice that the other person is giving us, but instead we are leaning more into what our body gives us as uh, pieces of information as to how safe the information is that we're receiving from this other person. 
Uh, do I accept it? Do I reject it? And sometimes uh, we sometimes we just want to know that we were able to make a choice for ourselves, and so we choose not to take advice from those other people. And sometimes, while many of our loved ones have very well-intentioned advice, the things that they put on us are are parts of them and how they align with their own system, how they systemically operate, that a lot of the audience's information comes from the audience's own internal fear or trust system. And uh, that's not a bad thing, but, but when somebody gives you advice, you have to step back and say, to what degree was this person really discerning based on how they know me versus how, to what degree was this person discerning to the degree that they know their self and their own apprehensions about situations like this? That's going to be a better indicator on, to, um, on the degree to which you would want to lean in and trust the advice that an audience member might have to give you about the circumstances that you are going through. So a good place to explore, a note that I wrote down when I was thinking about this idea, is do members of the audience have the space and capacity to hold your story in a loving way, knowing to ask questions instead of jumping to conclusions? I think that it's, maybe I'm, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions myself. When I say that, I think it's safe to say that we are learning collectively as a community that most of us tend to feel safer when we are genuinely being asked an open question designed to gain more information about a situation rather than gain information. Um, You know, there's a difference between asking an open question and asking a seemingly open question that's actually planted and rooted in doubt. So what that might look like in, in real terms is uh, you might say to one of your favorite cousins in the whole wide world, hey, I started dating this guy and I think that he's the one for me. And let's, let's play out a couple of different ways that your cousin could ask you questions. Uh, so, so an open truth-oriented, curiosity-oriented question would say, oh, that's really interesting. Could you tell me more about the person that you're beginning to see? Like, What makes you feel like this is somebody that uh, you believe is going to be the one? That is a curious question, and tone speaks a lot to somebody's openness, somebody's curiosity, somebody's receptiveness. Uh, versus a question that appears to be open actually turns out to be a little trickier than that. So uh, something that's a more tricky question might look like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Questions like that. uh, Well, number one, that was a yes and no question. It wasn't an open question. Um, It it was more of a yes and no question. And it's a, a yes and no question does a little something different in the body where there is an opportunity for the body to experience self-doubt. And when self-doubt enters the equation, that makes it quite difficult for a person to really grow that self uh, that self-trust piece that is essential in in autonomy and choosing relationships well. If I'm doubting myself, 
then there are a whole lot of other receptors within my body that when when it feels like they're miscuing, I don't really know how to move forward. I become more paralyzed instead of uh, tackling those and trusting that I have some tools, some weapons in my arsenal that allow me to carry around armor in walking in my decision. So you want to look for, you want to explore the degree to which a person is asking you a real and receptive open question that can lead you to further process the experience that you're having. It's not uncommon for a lot of people to self-doubt and to lack the self-trust piece because people are often raised in systems that shuts down the idea of autonomy. Uh, People are so concerned with another person's safety that uh, they they really miss out on giving a person that all too necessary part of uh, self trust, and self trust is that necessary part of life in which you are going to face your boundaries, you are going to make decisions about your life, and I really hope there are circumstances in which you have been given permission to fail or dislike the consequences of to determine the degree to res- uh, the degree of resilience that you have to navigate it despite the outcome not being uh, desired. We can always recover from undesired outcomes. It's very rare that we can't. And so you want for people to ask you the open-ended questions so you can face your own resilience and learn that you can trust yourself to take those next steps in your life. Another important key that you want to look for when you're confiding in friends and loved ones and family members uh, for the circumstances going on in your personal life is what do I actually know about this own person's interaction with their system, with their inner belief system, with their value set? So is this person a fairly rigid individual? Is it really hard for this person to bend and flex and trust that life doesn't have to be incredibly black and white for it to turn out well and for people to still be good? If the person that you love is planted more so in rigidity, there's going to be very little room for you to move. And so you may have to ask yourself, to what degree should I actually invite this person in? And uh, that, I think, is a very fair question. Everybody feels like they uh, are entitled or allotted into your story, especially the closer that those people are. But, you know... I have learned as an attachment therapist that people's attachment systems, I always say to my clients, your attachment system is not a dummy. A lot of people wonder, they'll come into the therapy room and say, I don't know why I can't say a specific thing to this particular loved one. And I will respond with, more than likely, at some point in time, your body learned that it was not safe to share particular aspects of your life with that individual. And let me tell you, most of the people who come into my office are not flippant, poor decision makers. It is that so many people have held a rigidity in their life that this self-trust piece has not been cultivated. And so while people are trying to navigate very difficult life decisions, they want this neutral party to come in and help restore the self-trust element that every person should have. If you want to prove me wrong that people should not have internal self-trust systems, go ahead and send me a message and I'm happy to uh, hear what you have to say. But we need to know that we can trust ourselves. 
we need to know that even if we make decisions for our life that are in opposition with another person, that decision still feels like the best decision for myself. And the degree to which our bodies are willing to have open conversations with the people in our life is the degree to which the attachment system has learned that that is safe to do. Some people are so adamant and caught in their worldview, uh, believing that they are right, that this causes some legitimate issues for people in trying to navigate how to make a hard life decision, a seemingly um, significant, ongoing uh, life decisions. And so we have to pay particular attention to the information we're receiving and how we're receiving that information and what we actually know about the person who's giving us the information. Um, You know, I'm talking a lot about more so intimate relationships in this, but I think that it's fair if you're part of another like community organization. I know that I incorporate religious organizations. I think this is important. Like, I don't know why we don't talk about this enough. Like our religious organizations that we're part of oftentimes feel like they're automatically invited into our life decisions. Like they merit the we know what's best for you card in our lives. And a lot of people are steered in very, very unfortunate directions because of this. So we have to address this. So when when you think about the people that you want to invite into your circumstances and gain advice from, I want for you to know if you're going through something really heavy, for instance, if you think that you are in a, an abusive, emotionally or otherwise type of situation, and you're turning to uh, church leadership to steer you in, in that matter, um, you might find that you are very frustrated and spinning your wheels and getting nowhere as far as answers are concerned because your audience has already been predisposed to the answer that they are supposed to give you. Very few uh, individuals in leadership and religious systems hold a sense of wisdom to get beyond the black and whiteness, the rigidity of the system, because the system steers the leadership because there's fear there. I am afraid that if I make a wrong choice, if I steer you in the wrong direction, either God is going to punish me or I'm going to lose my congregation. So there's already um, there's already some clout that's at stake here. I think that when we begin to acknowledge that our audience does not get to know the sacredness of the character's circumstances, that's when we're leaps and bounds ahead. So we take in somebody's advice. If you're seeking out somebody for advice, you take it in, but you don't make it your decision. You never make someone else's advice your decision uh, until you get to a place in your internal process that the decision you are making makes sense and you are at peace with the choice that you are making. That's going to that's gonna walk you into a much healthier place because even if the outcome still turns out in the negative, you have a sense of um, acceptance knowing that you really thought out your situation and you gained as much wisdom as you felt like you needed to make an informed choice. So as we navigate this idea of how our tribe gets invited in and who within our tribe gets invited in, I want to encourage you that nothing is going to have as much clout in your life as that ability of establishing a sense of self-trust. And sometimes self-trust absolutely rubs negatively against the system as a whole. That's where your process work comes in. That's where your grieving work comes in. That's where your critical thinking work comes in. It should make you 
a more full human being. It should not entrap you. If you're feeling entrapped, if you're feeling like you just keep walking into the wrong situation over and over again, if you feel like you don't have a sense of self-identity, then something's gone awry somewhere. So today, what I want for you to think about is the way in which people have been invited in as an audience to observe your individual sacred story and how much clout each individual has in giving you their own perspective or advice of what's going on. You know, when when a crime happens and there's a crime scene investigation, crime scene investigators know that they have to take in as many witness accounts as possible because every witness who witnesses a crime sees something different. And we have to be especially careful when we have um, when we have systems that uh, are audience members that already have preconceived ideas of what they are supposed to see because that is absolutely going to impact how their eyes are focused. And so I want for you to take that into consideration that sometimes the people, the systems that we love the most are the worst judges for our individual walks. And that makes it terrible because that can feel isolating. But on the other side of the isolation, if you can lean into self-trust, you're going to notice elements of personal growth. And that is going to be priceless. I hope that you all enjoyed today's session. As always, if you're enjoying this, please visit thebindpodcast.com. If you want to drop a question, drop a comment, I would love to hear what you have to say. Be sure to subscribe to the email list and I can send out when new episodes roll out for you. Be well, everybody. I will talk to you again next week. Thank you. 